0: Please, please, please stop telling someone who sells differently that they're wrong. Different is not and never will be wrong. And to imply as such is malpractice, if you will.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling With Love Podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling With Love Podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. welcome back everyone to selling with love podcast this is your host jason mark campbell i'm so excited to get started with our guest today who's going to speak about an important topic we need to consider to open up more opportunities for the men who want to bring more women into the workplace to bring more diversity and to open up those doors for the women that are listeners and wanna see that there are powerful, beautiful careers that exist in sales, they're more accessible than ever and we can all work together on bridging the gaps, making it more accessible to bring more results for the organization and more results for the individuals who decide to participate. I have the one and only Cynthia Barnes with me who is an amazing woman, host of a podcast, author of two books, her latest book, which is The Cure, How Diversity and Equity will fix your sales culture and boost profits came out just in march 2022 previous book about reaching the top one percent a game flag for warrior women in sales i'm so excited to have her on the show she's also the host of the unstoppable podcast a linkedin top voice keynote speaker sales influencer and ceo of the national association of women sales professional which is a private network laser focused on closing that gap for diverse women in sales and helping them reach that one percent cynthia Welcome to the show, it's an honor to have you.
0: Thank you so much, the pleasure is mine. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic,
1: I just traveled around the world. I went to visit my family just before recording this in Canada, spent some time in London, and I am back in Bali, and was super excited. You're my first podcast after taking a little holiday myself, so I have the energy, I'm recharged, and this is a great way to start. I am honored, thank you. Well, with that, I wanna jump right into it. So, it's very known that in sales, there can be aspects of sales that have a lot of toxicity. We can see how negative sales can be portrayed already in the culture as a mass. I can even think back of all the influences I've looked at when I got started in sales, and I'll tell you a few of them. Glen Gary, Glen Ross, you see that opening scene with Alec Baldwin. Boiler room scene, a bunch of young guys with Ben Affleck telling them that they're the future. Big swinging male genitalia of yes. the organization. <laughs> you look at the Wolf of Wall Street and you see the sales floor filled with men. And it's always these men being portrayed as salespeople. I feel like this translates in some world consequences. So I'd love to know what have you discovered and what's the real problem we're seeing with this?
0: You know, I would say that the biggest problem I see is that when the media portrays an industry or a profession as one race, one gender, it subconsciously tells those who don't look like that, that you don't belong, that this is not a profession for you. So the challenge is when companies, 78% of the Fortune 500 want to attract more women in sales, they're coming up against that perception that we want women in sales, yet we have an industry that doesn't look like them. So there's a conflict.
1: You know, I've heard the stereotype where men go into sales, women go into marketing. Is there any truth to that? And again, what are we seeing with the fact that that might be a stereotype when it comes to giving equal opportunity or discrimination that could happen in hiring processes?
0: Yes, it is a common stereotype that women go into marketing versus sales. We are trying to change that perception by having those women who are succeeding in sales reach back to help another woman become successful. It's like Lori Richardson says, you can't be what you can't see, right? Little girls don't want to go in sales because most likely they've never seen a successful saleswoman. So the more women in sales we have, that are vocal, that are on platforms like LinkedIn, talking about how great a profession this is, then we start to change the mindset of the industry. And as we do it in AWSP, we have mugs, we have t-shirts that say the future of sales is female.
1: Well, I think we're cut from the same cloth here because in essence, I'm promoting a love as an energy that you should be selling from, or at least an emotion that you should keep in mind when you're selling. and. I think that's a future of sale that needs to evolve. I think there's a lot of this old age, toxic remnants from this sales culture. That's all about how do we take the most from everyone? And you have like these call centers, boiler rooms, you know, that are very, very toxic now. I know you've worked with organizations, you've helped them become a bit more diverse in the way that they represent their sales team. What has happened to the toxicity once you started introducing more women and more diversity into that sales team? Has that started fixing this toxicity that we would see when it was an echo chamber of just
0: primarily white male? So two things happen, number one, If the leadership says we want more women in sales and they don't change the culture to create one that has a sense of belonging, then it falls flat. You can say we want women in sales and we do everything to attract them. But yet if you have the same bro culture with the same toxic energy, then it doesn't create a sense of belonging. So the converse is true as well. When you create a culture where differences are celebrated, where you welcome in and you create equity and you focus on equity versus equality, then things start to change. People start to feel a sense of belonging. And the biggest difference between equity and equality, and I'll give you an example, is this. Equality says that I'm going to invite you and your family over for dinner. And I'm going to offer a meal of steak, garlic mashed potatoes, and sautéed asparagus. That's equality. Everybody gets the same thing. Equity says, Jason, you might be vegan. And if you are, then to give you what you need to thrive, I will have a vegan meal prepared for you. That is equity. Equality says, you know what? You can eat everything that everybody else has. Equity is giving you what you need to thrive. So I encourage sales leaders to track the performance of your sales team. Then get granular and specific and separated or segmented by gender and see how the women are performing compared to the men. If there's a gap, that's a red flag. Segmented even further by other demographics and you'll see whether or not those with historically excluded backgrounds are thriving. Then you have some data because the data don't lie. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important distinction. I actually speak about it in my book as well at the end where I actually thank the pioneers of veganism who went forward and had to face the resistance to jump into the restaurants and say, oh, can I have a vegan option? Restaurants being like, what's vegan? Being hated upon, being like, everybody loves a steak. What's wrong with you? So there must be some pushback, and I say at various degrees, but what have you noticed in organizations that have not been as pushback into trying to preserve that bro culture, have welcomed the diversity? Have we been able to see like, oh my God, the numbers didn't lie. We now have happier customers, more sales. What are some of the things we've seen as a trend when these initiatives get implemented?
0: So the great news is that when you have diverse teams, revenue skyrockets to the tune of 19% more. There are a handful of statistics about diverse teams and sales and revenue. And those companies who have focused on that push are actually making changes because they want the revenue. Are they doing it for the right reasons? Who knows? But they're doing it. Instead of just relying on lip service, they're walking their talk. On the other hand, there are companies whose culture does not support integration of women in sales. And I know this because I go and I speak to the co-ed sales teams and I hear things like, if we hire more women in sales, what happens to my job? Which your job is secure regardless of whom they hire, as long as you're performing. So it shouldn't matter, but that's the mentality of that culture and no one at that organization has stopped to say, you know what, that's the wrong mindset. Why don't we reframe that for a mindset that's a little fresher to welcome everyone?
1: Hmm. It seems like a very old school mentality. And I don't know, I'm in my mid thirties. So I feel like I'm in between the old fort and the new generation. And it seems to me the new generation are a lot more inclusive and open. Yes. And it seems like we have a few people that need to retire earlier than later, Um, but that might be a consequence of every generation. I haven't experienced the full spectrum yet, but it seems like the trends are moving the right way. The indicators are showing that this is a positive effect as well, which begs the question, you know, when we look into, let's say the example that you gave, which is like, okay, now we know we have parameters, we can serve a vegan option, then we become more equitable what would be some of the things a sales leader should be looking to do to be more equitable, to include more gender diversity and racial diversity or cultural diversity?
0: That's a tough question. I can give you statistics and I can talk about best practices. The number one thing a sales leader can do is to develop the relationship with their current staff and ask them, what do you think needs to change on our team to become more inclusive. And they will tell you, they will tell you. Ask them, how do we go about attracting a more diverse population to our sales team? What needs to change? How is it that I, as a leader, can be more inclusive for you and for others? Because once you have your team on board and they feel a sense of belonging and that inclusivity, They will become your evangelizers, and they will say, I work for Tom, and Tom's team is diverse. Sally, come join us.
1: Yeah, we're dealing also with the right resignation, and now everybody's looking for top talent. And I don't know about what you've seen, but I rarely see a sales organization reducing their number of hires because that's always helping the company grow the more quality people you bring in the more you get to grow the organization make more sales so this seems already like a very obvious way to find new sources of amazing talent that are eager to learn excited to be a part of it and you know with that you mentioned and you know even i made reference to all of the examples i gave you in sales were the white men right So. Do you currently have aside from yourself and the efforts that you've been doing which is fantastic for anybody who wants to get different perspectives and to be able to follow cynthia on linkedin definitely will have a link to the show notes but i wanted to ask you for you getting into sales who were the role models that inspired you were there people that others we should be looking into and i have one salesperson in the back of my mind i want to see if you're going to name them
0: okay when i was coming up in sales i taught myself how to sell So I was listening to, and I'm going to date myself here, but audio cassettes, to and from work. I was reading books. I was going to conferences. And all of that information was fabulous because I didn't have anything to compare it to. So I got to the top 1% using traditional sales approaches, and I had to change the scripting to make it authentically me. And I thought, how many other women have to change the script written by a man so that it sounds genuine coming from a woman because society is not ready for women to say some of the things that come out of a man's mouth. That's just period, point blank. So the greatest role model I had in sales was my grandmother. And she worked at Sears in Canada, St. John, New Brunswick. And yes, she also sold Sarah Coventry, as a side hustle, what we call a side hustle now, and she was always selling. But she did it in a way that shaped how I sell now. And it's more of an attract so that you don't have to attack. It's more of influencing decision-makers to say yes, having something so valuable, being someone so valuable that you automatically position yourself as someone they want to exchange services with.
1: Well, that's some sound advice and a great role model as well. So I love this and I'm going to have a follow-up question, but I'll make you the reveal of whenever I do talks and I think of people to mention who are their biggest role models. And I often take away the label of sales because there's a lot of negativity around sales and I get people, let's take away the sales label and who are the biggest people that inspire you. And the one that I often make mention of pretty much like clockwork is Oprah Winfrey. I think she's one of the greatest salespeople. And I I ask people, is Oprah a salesperson? And you start digging, going like, oh my God, yes. She's a master of influence, persuasion. She extracts stories from people. That's a sales process too. So I definitely want to make a mention of this. And where I wanted to segue, this will be an interesting one because oftentimes when initiatives around diversity and inclusion come up, first off, I just have to acknowledge that I can't empathize the frustration and the annoyance that must come from having to modify the teachings because they're given by a white man supposed to be replicated by a white man that's not a difficulty that i need to face and i just want to say like i can just imagine how frustrating and annoying it must be because you know you're trying to be as efficient as possible now you have to go through this extra step but it begs a question because oftentimes when these initiatives are being brought up complaining men like me maybe i hope i'm not one of them will say oh what we're supposed to throw away all the old knowledge What would be your response to that? Because you've gotten some value from these previous tapes. Are we supposed to just throw the baby with the bathwater or should we have some discernment on what we choose for education?
0: The great thing about this is there's so much out there, you don't have to choose. This is not an or economy, it's an and economy. So find what works for you and discard the rest. You may find that something from Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Keenan works well for you, and that's great. You may also find that something from NAWSP or sales training created by women for women works for you as well. The great thing is that you get to customize your approach so that you can show up authentically and as your best true self. So you don't have to choose.
1: I love that. Now, we've looked at a perspective of what employers and what we can do from a culture perspective, but I wanted to switch to the individual. If I'm an individual woman, person of color, trying to get more involved in the sales, I want to learn it, then I'm going to have some different barriers to face. Would you be able to talk about some of the things we might expect as challenges if you're identifying as such, and what are ways we can overcome that so we can transition into a sales team and feel more comfortable and maybe even influence the culture to shift to be more inclusive?
0: Yes first thing is be true to yourself. Identify what matters most to you in the culture that you're about to join and make sure that that culture celebrates diversity rather than tolerates it. So it begins in the interview process. It begins when you're selecting a company. Ask the hard questions in that interview. Tell me about your company's diversity policies. What policies do you have in place that promote diversity on the team. All of those different questions need to be asked in the interview, and if they don't have satisfactory answers, then that's a red flag that they're just trying to check boxes. When you join the company, ask outright Can I be onboarded with another woman? Because it's easier with the buddy system to go through the onboarding process with another woman. Because if you're the only one, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Nobody likes to be the only one of anything. I don't care who you are. And then once you get in, be the change that you want to see. Talk to others on your team and find out How it is that we can start an ERG, an employee resource group, we can develop the training or get access to the training, whatever you need, that equity piece to thrive, open your mouth and ask for it.
1: Would there be some of these things that we should be thinking about? Maybe you've never been in a sales role and you know are typical things that can come up for a woman in sales, more specifically here, that we should be aware of, that we should make sure there's communication about?
0: Yes. First one is, please, please, please stop telling someone who sells differently that they're wrong. Different is not and never will be wrong. And to imply as such is malpractice, if you will. Just because you do something or say something differently than what the script says doesn't automatically make you wrong. As long as you get to the end goal legally morally and ethically have at it
1: yeah i would definitely see that if there's a script especially if it was designed from a certain perspective from a certain gender coming in and being repeated there could be some awkward moments and you'd want to make those adjustments and we all have a different style of selling and i acknowledge that as well so i am definitely all for that now let's say an organization have you seen organization on the other side where it's an only women's sales team. If that's the case, do we have any case studies of this? Because I'd be very curious to see what that would look like.
0: I would love to do a case study on a woman-only B2B sales team. I would love to do that. So if anyone's listening and they have a women-led, women-only B2B sales team, let me know. Because I would love to get in there and ask questions and find out best practices and find out what works and what they're doing.
1: I love that. Now, I feel like this is a question I should have asked earlier on, but if somebody's listening to this, they're like, all right, this sounds interesting. I could get into it, but like, really, why should I consider getting into sales as a woman? Like, what are the amazing benefits that happen when you get into this profession? And I know this is something you speak a lot about, so please tell us, what is in store for someone who makes the jump?
0: Yes, first of all, prepare for the ride of your life. It is exhilarating. It is challenging. It brings out the best in you. You learn more about yourself than you could ever imagine. It's one of those professions that develops your resiliency every single day. Yes, you'll face rejection. And at the end of the day, you'll say, you know what? I succeeded. I got through this. I am tough as nails. You'll also be able to craft your financial path. You can earn as much or as little as you want. It's like you're the CEO of you. So for women especially, our goal should be to make as much money as fast as humanly possible because we don't know what the future holds. Let's say that you're of childbearing age and you want to have a child and you decide, you know what, the company offers six weeks of maternity leave. I'd like to take three months. If you have $200,000 in the bank, you get to decide when you return from maternity leave, not the company's decision. So you have options. Money creates options. If you're part of the sandwich generation and you have aging parents on one side and you have kids going to college on the other, you have extra money to be able to determine, do I have my parents in a home or do I bring in care and have them here with me at home? Do my kids have to take out loans and owe Sally Mae for the rest of their lives? Or can I help them navigate the financial costs of college? Money provides options. So women, get as much money as you can as soon as you can because you just don't know what the future holds. And I would rather you have those options rather than someone else deciding for you.
1: Absolutely. Cynthia? Thank you so much, and I definitely agree with that. And I speak about money being just stored energy and go get as much of that energy so you can redistribute it for the things you care about, the communities you want to support and the world you want to make better. And I think if we have a lot more women in sales, we're gonna get rid of some of the toxicity. A lot of men are gonna get called out on their crap and some of them don't like to do that because they haven't went through their own healing process and they need to be slapped around a little. But that being said, I know that if you bring this culture of toxicity down, it's gonna open up people's heart to be able to sell with love more. That's what I'm preaching for and I think that your initiatives are supporting the same as mine. So I'm so glad you were able to come here and share. And for everybody who's paying attention, listen, bring in more diversity into the sales team. It starts impacting the bottom line immediately, you see that we have more conversations, more innovations, more perspectives that make us more effective in the way that we work. Everyone is able to contribute in sales. You can look at the data, measure everything. And the biggest thing we've talked about is the difference between equality and equity. Don't offer the same thing to everyone when you realize that people are different, have different needs, and we need to cater to everyone. Listen, listen, listen. For those of you who are fans of the selling with love methodology know that the second love is love the client if that client is the person you've hired you need to understand them that's how you show love and so i really love what we've been talking about so far cynthia i'm excited that we're breaking down barriers opening doors and i need to ask one final question before i let you go since you're here on the selling with love podcast what does selling with love mean to you
0: Mm, putting your buyer first And the only way you can put your buyer first is if you know them better than you know your best friend. Selling is a service because you are helping someone solve their biggest problems, their biggest challenges. You can't possibly have that servant's heart if you don't look within and determine that you are going to and be intentional about being a servant. So know yourself, come through with genuine intention and love on your buyers. Just love on them. Love them where they are. They're not ready to buy. That's fine. Love them where they are until they are ready to buy.
1: Cynthia, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for this conversation. For everybody tuning in, make sure you have a look at the show notes. I'm going to have some bonus links over to Cynthia's LinkedIn, where you can follow her and connect with her. Send a note said that, that you've heard it on this podcast, and we'll have linked to her two books and the podcast that she hosts as well, and the NAWSP, the National Association of Women's Sales Professional. Go there, subscribe. There's some free resources for all of you who want to go deeper into the subject. Once again, Cynthia, thank you so much for coming on the show, and for everybody, else listening keep selling with love whether you're a salesman or saleswoman or any other identifier that you choose to use yes i am your host jason mark campbell and this is the selling with love podcast